Before we continue, one of the ways we keep all of our content for you, the listener, free of charge is our amazing sponsors, and today, Anchor is one of those sponsors. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free, there's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcasts right from your phone or computer. Anchor is going to distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and everywhere podcasts are listened to, and you can even make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Hey, everybody, on this episode of the GH Report, it is the beginning of, look at that, the fanfare starts because it is the beginning of one of my favorite times of the year on General Hospital. That's right, the nurse's ball kicks off. Oh, boy, am I going to tear this thing apart. We're going to do it next. You're tuned in to AfterBuzz TV, the ESPN of TV talk. Now, let the buzz begin. Oh, yes, breaking it down right now on AfterBuzz TV. It's a GH report. Here we go now. Hey, everybody, welcome to the GH Report, bringing down all the latest shenanigans here in Port Charles. I'm Frank Moran. I'm Carla Renata. As always, like us on Facebook, give us those five stars on iTunes, subscribe to the YouTube channel, and we've got the chat up and running. Carla's manning it right now, so hop in there, share your thoughts. Yes, I am manning it. Okay, roll call. Michelle Rubio, Zoe Johnson, Annie Goen, Nakisha Jones, Stuart Pierce, Tom Clev, Dulaman, yo, Dulaman, Joe Costanzo, welcome, welcome, welcome back. This Sunday for the GH Report, y'all. Love it. Love it. So, folks, we're going to be breaking down all the latest happenings. At the end, we'll do a little bit of uh, news and gossip to round out the episode. Hey. Look at that. But before we dive into the week in excruciating detail. (laughs) I can't stand you right now. You're so shady. Carla, overall, what did you think? You know, it was a good week. I was, I was the, but again, you know, the first part of the week, wah, 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 is a little bit of, it was a slow burn, but even the slow burn portions were good. Like, it was like Monday was good, Thursday was good, Friday was good, Tuesday, Wednesday, I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) But I tell you what I did, like, I really, most of the time on General Hospital when they do those funerals, it's usually this long, drawn-out thing that happens like two or three days long, and there's all these other shenanigans that are happening during the the during the course of the funeral, this was a different kind of spin for them, and they probably have done something like this before, but I don't recall when they did it. But I like the fact that they had the whole Oscars medal thing. I like the fact that you know people got up and shared stories, and you know, like they said, they skipped the bad part and got straight to the good. I kind of I love the idea of celebrating. Life and they it, with Oscar's character on GH, they celebrated him while he was alive. But it was cool to see him being celebrated the way he wanted to be celebrated and not give in to the oh, I've lost my child, oh, Oscar's gone, oh, I lost my boyfriend kind of thing. It was a really beautiful way to send a character off from the show. I, it was so beautiful, I really enjoyed that. I would think anybody, uh, when it comes their time, they would want their family and friends to treat their passing like this. Well, see, this is what I don't I don't know what other cultures do, but in in the African American community, that's exactly what we do. So we have the funeral, like we do have a funeral. We have the funeral and it usually goes way too long as everybody knows when they watched Aretha Franklin's funeral on TV, yeah. which was like epic, but it usually lasts for hours and hours and hours and then once that funeral is over, it is party time. You know, we you folk get they drink on Folk get their foodie on and B 
people run around telling story after story about what the person was like. And sometimes we'll do that at the funeral, but sometimes at the funeral, people are so overcome with emotion with the body sitting right there that it's kind of hard to go there. Some people do. Some people are really, really gifted at um, being able to separate their emotions that way to get their feelings out. I would not be one of them. So I would be one of those people that at the repast, we call it a repast. So at the repast, you know, when we eating and drinking and, and getting our party going, I'd be like, yeah, you remember that time? <laughs> <laughs> when Uncle so-and-so said such and such, you know, we're like that. So it was, I think probably that's why it resonated with me because it reminded me it was closer to what I experienced in real life when someone um, leaves our realm. It was uh, I, I did like that. It was interesting to have Jax there. Of course, they're to support Jocelyn, mm-hmm. but a character that has been so far removed, at least for us as viewers, we do get the name check. Like, oh, I talk to Jocelyn every night, which I did like uh, how to explain. Like, yeah, Jax has been really dialed into Jocelyn's life, even though we've never seen him on the show for like right. years. Well, I mean, it is he is her dad, so that yeah. would be really weird if he if she experienced such a tremendous loss in her life and he didn't show up. Uh, but you know? it, it's one of those where it's like, oh, I talk to her every single night. It would have been nice maybe just to have one scene where he's like, she's wrapping up a call with him or something, just to kind of set it up throughout this time because I felt like weird to like. Oh, okay, cool. We never once heard a, her making a call or wrapping We've up heard a call. her make reference. We've heard her throughout the years make references to talking to her dad, especially when her grandmother passed away. Mm-hmm. We've heard references of that, but we've never, you're right, we've never actually seen it or um, heard a phone call or anything like that. Because they can do a split screen with that, but we don't know what the brother that was playing Jax was doing. He might not have been available physically. True. And you don't, but you also don't need that actor. You can just do, you know, that great acting on the phone, just a one sided <laughs> conversation. You know, Eden McCoy's talented. She could pull off a one-sided conversation. Uh Uh-uh, you're funny. But I got to address some things some people saying in the chat room. So, (laughs) Michelle Michelle Rubo said, I'm white and never knew what you call it. Yeah, it's called a repass. (laughs) When when somebody at the the after party. It's basically the the, the after party after saying goodbye. It's the after party. It's the funeral after party. That's what it is. But we call it a repass. (laughs) I thought it was an interesting choice that... uh, they had Oscar get cremated. Say that one more time. That they had Oscar get cremated. Yeah, I think that was a request on his part. And let me just address this real quick. So, uh, Tan Smith said that's kind of a stereotype for black funerals, and I'm black. Um, it's not a stereotype for a black funeral if that's what my experience with a black funeral is. So, I said before I made that comment that in my family, and I'm black, that's what we do in my family. So, that's not a stereotype. That's my reality. So, I'm just saying. Boom. There you okay, go. Okay, moving on. <laughs> uh, so, we are able to, we've got Oscar's Meadow. They all play, They all throw seeds in the air. Hopefully, this will all lead to a fantastic field of flowers that we can come back to and visit. So, you know, I, uh, I think this could be a location that they will certainly come back to. Uh, uh, even as they were Jocelyn and... Uh, Cameron were saying, like, oh, yeah, we should come back and spend uh, spend Fourth of July. Fourth of July, the, I thought that was nice. And you know what else I liked? I liked when um, when they were dismissing everybody from the were they having pizza and beer? Was that what they were eating? Sure, why not? That's perfect. So it looked like they were eating pizza and beer. I'm like, okay, y'all better have a very informal kind of like get together. But um, after they were leaving the place where everybody was eating the pizza and beer, I love how Joss and her two friends grabbed hands and they went over to the meadow together. Yeah, but at the same time, I was. Em- I don't know what it was, but that kind of touched me because I got kind of sad. I'm like, oh, wow. Because the last time, oh, see, I'm about to go there right now. Oh, what was happening? Okay. She's in the moment, folks. I'm in the moment. So the last time we saw the four of them together, they were in Niagara Falls. Mm -hmm. So when I saw them grabbing hands, I'm like, oh, this is the last time we saw them doing this. They were in Niagara Falls. I'm like, oh, 
I'm such a queen puff. Okay. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Woo! Uh, I, what I'd like to say, I felt like an interesting acting, I don't know if it was an acting choice or what was going on with Leslie uh, Charleston, but uh, as Monica, just wearing the shades to the uh, the, the the service. Maybe there, she actually. had some eye surgery. But I but I felt like. <laughs> but I thought that was a good. Character, I thought that was good. Yeah, it's somebody that knows it's going to be an emotional day. Would rather just wear the sunglasses so nobody gets distracted by the you know the her tearing eyes or anything like that. I thought it was a, an interesting choice. And that I don't was know, a great choice. Yeah, I, I peeped that too, and they were big sunglasses too. They, <laughs> they, like, were. they were like glasses. I'm like, well, okay, Monica. <laughs> they yeah. took up half her face, but I'm not mad at Monica Quartermain. She's and, got her blue blockers on. Man. I'm not mad at Monica. <laughs> And this is what else I'm not mad at. I was not mad at the fact that she wore those glasses. And then there was a lovely moment between her, I think it was her, Drew, and Jason, where she said, oh, but the, she said, but the family's slowly dying or slowly diminishing or something like that. And I, again, I had a moment because I thought she literally is like one of the last original, other than Ned, when he shows up every once in a while, she's the last original Quartermain left on the show. Yeah. It, uh, you know what I mean? So it's just like, so I'm just like, Monica, girl, you can't kick the bucket just yet. You gotta hang, you gotta hang in there a few more years. I'm not trying to have them having a funeral for Monica, not just yet. When I mean, yeah, certainly when that, hopefully <laughs> at a long time in the future, yes, that happens. Yes, but that will knock, be knock, knock. an interesting change for the show because without having uh, that mainstay quarter main presence in there. And it's kind of reduced down. And now it's brought back down to you know the, at least Ned or the younger generation. Mm-hmm. It'll be definitely an interesting dynamic and see what they would how they explore the Quarterman family like that. Uh, we do get to see one of Oscar's last wishes though was to have a, a treehouse built on the Quarterman property. I kind of love that though, and I love the fact that he said you know so every time you see them running around the treehouse and you know <laughs> you'll you'll remember that I'm there too. I was like I'm like they are trying to wreck my nerves today with this show right here. What are the odds, though, that we see even one scene of Drew and Jason building this treehouse? Yeah, that ain't going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they shook hands on it, guys. You know that's not going to happen. That is not going to happen. That is not going to happen at all. Uh, <laughs> I'm saving my favorite part. Uh, it's a little bit later in the show because I'm going to have a, a lot to say oh, about God. the nurse's ball. But we had other storylines <laughs> teed up as well this week. One was the, uh, the search for uh, for Ryan. So... Uh, we've got uh, Ava and Kevin <laughs> trying to set up a stage photo. Like, all right, Lulu's sending a photographer over, so we should get a, like a little candid photo of us. But Ava's killing me though, because she's falling back into old Ava again. You know, she's like, "So what? <laughs> that whiny, that whiny thing of, well, how come you can't be attracted to me? Like, what's the problem? Like, diva, the problem is he got a wife. A, yeah. B, the person that you seeing is the crazy ass brother." That was giving you all the love. Not that fool. Like, what are you doing? She's just doing way too much. Doing way too much. And then the the part that really killed me is when Julian showed up. And she kind of rolled over on her brother. I was like, oh, <laughs> that was harsh. From Ava, though, I can understand it as much as uh, Kevin has been explicit about, like, no, this is where the line's drawn. Yeah, uh, but she's still trying it. She, she is. is still trying it. She is like a dude trying to have sex for the first time. She is just going to keep going and keep going until she get what she wants. I'm like, I can't. But there is something very similar. <laughs> there we go. Thank you, Ryan. Uh, there is something similar uh, to what uh, Kevin she, I, uh, has said that it was very similar to Ryan playing as Kevin when Ava first met him. Mm-hmm. Where it's like where Ava was saying, you know what everybody thinks about me in this town. Uh, and Ryan, posing as Kevin, said, like, I prefer to uh, observe first to make my own judgment. Mm. And this is something that Kevin said that was very parallel to that as well. So mm. 
I can see why Ava. It's like you're you're talking to a man that looks like a man that you love, saying something that's very similar. Yeah, like I get it, I yeah. get it, but I'm gonna need you to stay in your lane. Like you hatched this plan so that you could bring out the person that you really want to take out. So what's to say? Let's let's say she's falling for Kevin. What's to say that when Ryan finally does show his face, that she's not gonna get confused about her feelings when she finally sees Ryan? Do you know what I'm saying? It's just it's making a very complicated, interesting little story. I feel like the the hook on his hand is probably going to <laughs> I can't snap stand her you. out. You did not say a like, hook. You know, you he, he's not, got like a hook showing up. You did like, not say a hook <laughs> on his hand. Which brings me to this. So let's just segue on over to Laura and um, Curtis, Curtis in Toronto. Showing up, the, the mail them piled up. And they're like, yeah, we need to go back to that house. So they go back to the house. There's all the shenanigans with Laura not being able to get a signal on her phone. And this, this was my personal favorite. When... When they finally do get in the house, and Curtis is like flip, flip, flip with the switch. It's like, oh, the lights must have been turned off. Let me turn on, let me turn on my my cell phone flashlight, and it's like full light until he reaches the corner where it's pitch black. I'm like, really, y'all? Yeah. <laughs> Are we supposed to believe that he's in total darkness right now when we see him in full light? Like, I can't. <laughs> like, what's happening right now? I- it's uh. Well, one uh, quick shout-out to Annie Gowen, who tweeted us there just to make sure that we knew, and thank you, Annie, as always, for letting us know that uh, the reason that we thought uh, Peter August and Maxie were in Paris was yes. uh, that they had been rerouted to Toronto due to inclement weather. Yes. Something that must have just slid right by Annie me. sure did. She was like, yo, in yes. case y'all didn't know, now you know. There <laughs> we go. Like, that's my girl. Yes. Thanks for the shout-out and thanks for the info. <laughs> we love you for it. Uh, uh, they, call, they call him Ryan Chamberlain, a.k.a. Captain Hook. I'm like, y'all are not right. Let me show him that hook hand. <laughs> uh, so they go there and they finally get to meet the woman. And as we, as I said last week, I, I'm sure a lovely person. But it's like, yeah, we didn't know. She was no-name actress. It was just like a, a one-and-done for her. Uh, but uh, I hate you right now. She's like, oh, no, I was, I've been in Florida. I've been in Florida. Uh, I just got back. And so... Uh, <laughs> Curtis leaves the card for her, and then I don't know what it is. Like I guess that she did, she had a change of heart to tell him what the real deal was, and then she when, says her name when he. I, I guess as Ryan because we never see Ryan yet. We always see it from his point of view, right? When he walks out and Which sees I a newspaper, love that. yeah, and he stabs it. Yes, I gotta assume like him stabbing that photo was the thing that he said. Maybe I better call these guys and say like, yeah, this weirdo's hanging out with me. Because mm-hmm. it, it made no sense that she like called him with like a change of heart. Because by the time she comes back, she's killed. This is what I think happened. I think that he probably talked her into calling them to to lure them back there. And I think his plan, and I'm guesstimating and really stretching and reaching, but I'm guessing that he made her call them. And then once she did what he asked her to do, he took her out. But his plan was to get them there so he could take everybody out and leave no trace. Which... My plan totally goes to hell when he ties them, when he knocks them out and ties them to a chair. So this is the thing. I was very confused by that until Laura says, oh, I smell gas. Right. And then she says, oh, he wants me to die, die by fire because that's the way he was. He was supposed to have died in the fun house. You know, he was supposed to have died in a fun house by fire. So he wants me to die the same way so they can really mess with Kevin. I'm like. Even that was a stretch. I was like, okay, y'all reaching right there, but okay. Yeah, because I don't understand. Like, Ryan, if you got somebody, clearly they're arriving, even if you were expecting somebody from Port Charles to track you down, this has got to be faster than you were expecting. So you're kind of <laughs> improvising this moment here. Why not, if you knock them both out, or you attack Laura and you knock out Curtis, just kill them both right there instead that's of what, doing this elaborate okay, thing. Okay, that's what I'm trying to understand. I'm like... So this is somebody who whenever who, who up until this moment in time, whenever somebody was getting in his way, he would just take him out. Yeah. 
if they were posing any kind of problem, any time, any type of threat whatsoever, he would just take them out. So I'm grappling with trying to understand why he left Laura and Curtis alive, like so he could burn them up. Like nah, I don't think so. <laughs> what I loved about that though is. Two very different approaches to that scene. I, I felt like Ginny uh, Francis and Dan Turner didn't like really like. How do we both feel about this scene? They just uh, went like, "I've got my way." Because Ginny Francis really sounded like my our life's about to end at any second. And Curtis was just chill, like, "Yeah, but we're wait. gonna get out of here. It's all yeah." But wait, but wait, but wait. How about how about that cliffhanger that they left us on when she backed up into the corner screaming? I thought he had killed her, and then we came back the next day and she was tied to a chair. I'm like, so really, she did all that screaming to be tied to a chair, like Laura. Okay, first of all, I'm just gonna throw it back to the Luke and Laura days when Luke and Laura was together. There was no way in hell Laura was gonna get tied to a chair. That's first and foremost. And second of all, like she couldn't figure out how to, she couldn't figure out how to get a knot out after all them shenanigans that she had with Luke over the years. And and Lucky, come on, well, come she, on. She did eventually untie Curtis. Yeah, after they smelled gas. <laughs> I was just like, it was only after they smelled the gas that they were like, "Ooh, do I smell, smell gas? Ooh, we better get up out of here." I'm like, you know what, y'all are y'all are stretching and reaching for me right now in this moment. Well, I, Carla, I feel like we can't judge them because we don't know how we'd react if we saw somebody with a hook hand coming at <laughs> us. Why do you keep calling him Captain? Okay, somebody he like might that. not have no hand. He might have one of them little horror, those little horror house hands. Uh, <laughs> That's like, you know, like all, yeah. like some gauze over it. Oh, like rah. just, just like, like coming at my stub. <laughs> ah! Like stub hand. Gross. <laughs> That's not nice. I shouldn't do that. But, you know, hey. So it ends uh, where they're able to successfully get the, the knots free and escape out of the room just in time for like one of the lamest explosions that I've seen in a while. Like if the gas is going throughout the house, you're expecting that house is going to go up. And you right. want to see that action movie, big, huge explosion. And it was just like some guy with like a little banger and then like some, throwing out like some like little trash <laughs> out with him. But that I was have, so weak. But once again, it took me back to the Luke and Laura days because Luke and Laura were always escaping some kind of explosion either on a boat or in a mine or in a mountain. Like they were always right on the verge of getting blown up when they would be jumping off. So because you, you never really saw Curtis move when that explosion happened, you didn't see Curtis in frame at all. All you saw was Laura going, ah, and falling out. I was like, oh, y'all, y'all are killing me. Because the dude playing Curtis was like, yeah, I don't do stunts. <laughs> <laughs> How, the one thing I will say about this is that it is, I, what I like is whenever they do some kind of unexpected character pairings. And I have enjoyed seeing Laura and Curtis. Yeah, I, I like them together. They're pretty cool together. I like when they, when they do their little private eye thing. Maybe they'll open a private eye business like Spinelli and Sam. Uh, yeah, maybe. Or she can't do that. She's a mayor, so she can't be doing that. This I forgot. can't be a PI. Come on. What, what a cool. That's a nobody, conflict of interest, don't you think? But nobody suspects the mayor's a PI, so that's a perfect cover. You reaching a stretch now. <laughs> yeah. But uh, <laughs> I do like it because one thing, it's like uh, I think they've done a good job of like getting Curtis involved with more people than, you know, because for a while it was just Hayden for the longest time. Mm. And then they've started spreading him there. So he knows Finn now. He's got a nice connection with Laura. Mm. Uh, it's just been nice for him to kind of broaden the amount of people that he can hang out exactly, with. Exactly. Exactly. And this is the other thing. So. Um, and keeping in line with Curtis. So I'm kind of upset that they might be taking my girl Jordan out because she can't find no kidney. Like, what's going to happen with Jordan? Because Ryan's going to come back. They're going to kill him. He's and a gonna genetic take match his, as Kevin. And they're going to take his kidney? Oh, that's going to suck. You know that's... We talked about that last week. You know, that's going to suck. You want, you're going to get that murder kidney in you, man. It's going to be good. that's nasty. And then we're going to have a storyline where she's kind of taken over by murderous impulses. 
Uh-uh, I can't <laughs> that wait. That stays in our lives territory, I folks. can't wait. So Marlon, <laughs> uh-uh. so Marlon Wallace says, this is the problem when you introduce a serial killer storyline on a show that isn't willing to kill major characters. <laughs> and then Kelly yep. Public Cover said, I'd say Heather is helping Ryan. Ooh, now that's a name I haven't heard in a minute. I don't. I don't see the. I don't know. That that seems too much of a stretch. I don't see why she would. It's a stretch, but it's a good stretch. I'm like, oh, I kind of like that stretch. And then uh, Dulaman's like, they're like exactly. So they they all agree with Marlon. Hmm. Uh, but uh, Ryan is has fled, and it looks like you know after stabbing that photo in the uh, Port Charles newspaper, he's gone and on his way, just in time for the nurses' ball. <laughs> the nurses' ball. I feel like I dive into this now because I want to make sure we have plenty of time to really tear into this thing. So, hey, folks, if you've been watching this show for a while, we've been doing the GH Report almost four years. So if you've been watching it, you know how much I love, in the worst possible way, the nurse's ball. This is a ridiculous premise for a show where it makes no sense that some local charity event <coughs> deems national exposure on, on TV. And that everybody, these no-name characters that are just nurses, all of a sudden are treated as stars that anybody would recognize. And anybody would even care to know about. I hate you so oh, much. Oh, it is. It is. It, it boggles me so much. <laughs> it, 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 you know, I understand you want to take that kind of leap. And like, okay, we got to pretend it's so far. But this is like a leap too far for me. I just cannot buy into the reality of it. And I love it because it is so bonkers what happens to me. Okay. Well, I feel the complete opposite of you with the nurses ball. I kind of live for it every year because those red carpet scenes are pure comedy. And then they trotted out Chandra Wilson from Grey's Anatomy, who's a huge fan of General Hospital. But this is like the third time she's been on the show as a completely different character, which makes me laugh out loud. I'm like, do they not remember that they brought her on as this character and then they brought her on as this character and now now she's owning the company with Nina? It was pure comedy. But But, uh, but again, I mean, you've got Finn. He's played multiple characters. So Michael Easton, he's done it. So I guess Chandra Wilson can do it as well. Well, it's a soap opera, so anything is possible. But (laughs) it made me laugh. Then Nina was all like, I hate her. I hate her. And then every time somebody showed up on the, the red carpet, she was like all awkward on the red carpet. And Chandra just ran, steamrolled over her like a truck. It made me laugh out loud, especially at the end where she was like, oh, it's nice. She said, so we see each other once or twice a year. And then Nina goes to hug her. And she was like, yeah, no, no, no. You're doing too much. <laughs> all right. Let's laugh out loud. There's so much to break down about all this. I want to make sure we get to every little bit here. So we've got, for the past few years, Nina has been doing the red carpet, sometimes with the coast. Uh, and so she's back at it again this year with Chandra Wilson playing uh, the fashion editor for uh, Crimson, mm-hmm. who lives, uh, I think, in New York. So they don't. She's the editor in chief. Yeah. She's so- the. Did you talk about Chandra? Yes. Yeah, she's like the editor-in-chief in, in uh, What's-Her-Face. Nina's like the fashion person. So, uh, well, fashion's the... No, no, because Nina's the, Nina's the big boss. Oh. And, and Chandra's the, Chandra's the, uh, the fashion person. What is going on with my phone today? It's, give, it's betraying me. to share as well. <laughs> but the fact that Nina, who this person is, who works for her on her staff. Right. She is her boss. She yep. should know. And she's somebody that has a lot of clout in the fashion world. So... <laughs> The, the fact that when Nina goes to introduce her, she pronounces her name wrong. Like, what? You've known this woman. We know you've met several times. You Even if you haven't seen each other in person, you know who she is because she that works was, for you. That was pure comedy. Oh. I'm just saying, this is why I love the nurse's ball because the whole shenanigans on the red carpet is always pure, unadulterated comedy. It's just comical. Like, the... 
<laughs> like my favorite moment is when Robert, Anna, and Finn show up, and they, you know how they do the pic, they take the pictures, and there's those stills, and there's that one picture of Finn looking at Robert like he is gonna punch him in his throat if he don't get that ring back, which is something else we gotta talk about. But baby, I holler, and I love the fact that Maxie is like the the social media person uh, over in the corner. Yeah. I'm like, but what is she doing really? And then what I really don't love is <clears throat> so. Why is this the nurse's ball, and why are they taking pictures that don't have no portrait mode? Because you can see everybody's crevices in their face, crevices in their neck. Like, it was like, ooh, that's not a flattering picture of me, right? <laughs> like, I felt bad, because I was like, because that picture's going to live in perpetuity. I'm like, oh, man, that that kind of that kind of sucked. But I love, love, love love the nurse's ball red carpet. It is just oh. comical. So, things that bug me. Uh, <laughs> terrible mic usage. Oh, oh, oh! It's oh, awful. Oh, 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 oh! I feel like that guy from that that sitcom. So this is the one that killed me. Whenever they would be interviewing somebody, they would always keep the mic in front of their face. Yes. I'm like, so how is the microphone supposed to pick them? And we, and the funny thing is, we can still hear them full volume with no microphone. I'm yep. like, what is happening right now? And then halfway through somebody's answer, shout out like, 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 oh, come on, guys! I'm like, oh. Come on, y'all. But to but at wait. least sell this to us. But this is the thing. To their credit, so these are people that they're not hosts for a living. That's not what they do for a living. So it's understandable that they wouldn't know what to do with the mic. I cannot tell you how many junkets I go on, and there's talent that will have a mic. They'll have the mic down here, off to the. They'll be holding the mic down like this and talking, or the mic will be over here. It's never in front of their mouth where you can hear them. So. I kind of get why they did that, but as somebody like you or I that knows better, it was kind of comical. Uh, also, you, uh, not using the hand that's closest to them to hold the mic, they're going <laughs> like this, you know, completely obscuring their face. I'm like, what are you doing? Okay, but full disclosure, but not really. When I first came here to AfterBuzz, I didn't know not to reach across myself either, so there's that. <laughs> but the other thing, too, this is a red carpet event, and they tout this as something that's broadcast all around the country. Everybody's here to check it out. Where's your red carpet producer? Like, you know, giving them information like, Nina, get it together. Stop, like, making these weird faces. Clearly there was none. Because remember when Chandra first shows up, she's all like, so I see the, I see this outlet and this outlet. She says, so where's the social media? And I'm just like, so y'all don't have no producer telling you? Exactly. You don't yeah. have no producer telling you who's placed where? And like, okay. Uh, I'm confused. Uh, we also have, and this happens with Maxie, it happens with Nina, uh, you're, you're uh, especially with Nina. You are the live host of this mm-hmm. red carpet event here. It is going out live. You just decide, hey, you know what? I'm going to walk away right now and to go, to go make out with my boyfriend. <laughs> like, yeah, that what? was that was pure comedy. That like, was who's going to let that happen? And like pure comedy hashtag I'm hashtag ass- pure comedy. <laughs> <laughs> I'm assuming the the woman that was kind of at the front and the nice dress there is kind of the wrangler of sorts, but. They're not like, hey, Nina, we need you actually back and, and doing your job right now. Which Your job is not to start making out with people. And same with Maxie. As soon as Peter shows up, she's running up there to, to hang out. Like, what are you doing? What is this? I hate you. Somebody brought up the fact that they, they 
they never they didn't mention Sabrina, but they br- they always bring Lucy back because Lucy is like yeah, the head course. of the nurses' ball, and they said that they love the fact that um, even though Britt wasn't there, they showed Br- Brad missing that Britt wasn't there, and they did actually do a, a ma- it, but it was so quick. Like they did make the mention of how when Sonny and Carly were on their way to the nurses' ball, they had that whole scene about how he didn't really want to go, but he could hear Stone saying to him, "Put your tux on and get your butt on over there," and so that's why he goes to sell and. Because they usually, they didn't do it so much this year. Maybe they'll do it um, next week when there's more shenanigans happening throughout the nurses' ball. But they usually give a lot of credence to the fact why they have the nurses' mm-hmm. ball and what it's for. And they usually do a lot of it on the red carpet, but they didn't do that this time at all, really. Yeah. It's, uh, <laughs> yeah, which, you know, I, I mean, I, I guess at first, like, it's sometimes if you've seen it, the show for so many years, it's like, we get what it is. You don't need to. Trying to figure a different way of trying to get that message to us. We also get our, our five nurses, which it, it, I like that that scene that makes it play like, this is the only five nurses that exist at General Hospital. Which we know that's not the case. Because we've seen opening acts where they've closed down the hospital to sing. So we know there's more nurses than that. But oh, our fi- right. And then, they, and then they have Franco paying for a stretch limousine to take that us That was to- so awkward. That was like, what is happening right now? And this is the other thing. So I love the fact that Epiphany... And and Liz have been there since Christ was a child, and they have the least expensive dresses on. And the other two nurses have on bling. Oh, I'm like, ready to go. where is the bling for Epiphany and Elizabeth? Like, did y'all not have enough budget left over for them? They're, I don't understand. They're women of simple tastes. Oh, please. Get uh, out of here. So, yeah, uh, I mean, Franco, <laughs> so our tangent, my, my thing about Franco, it's like, I've never seen this character just seem like more just like, uh, like uninterested and I'm an interested, uninterested as a viewer to watch. Like him coming out like, I got you guys a limo. And then as he's watching as they're getting their photos taken there on the red carpet, like, oh, I'm like, Franco, what is happening with you? Please give Franco a better better storyline. I, I, I beg of you. It was a lot. And what about that cheesy Hollywood music in the background? Oh, of course. They always do the <laughs> that cheesy Hollywood music. Hollywood oh, yes. music. I'm like, oh, my God. And then they pulled out George Pinocchio, who's the entertainment guru from Channel okay. 7. <laughs> so well, I'm going to get to that in one second okay. here. Uh, one last thing about our nurses there is that uh, – so Epiphany shows up. And, and of course, uh, Franco's already told, like, oh, the nurses are coming. They're really rowdy. So when Nina <laughs> mentions really that, rowdy. Epiphany, like, shuts that down. Like, no, no, no. We, I run a tight ship. And so it, like, shuts down all the humor right there. And then at the end of that little bit where they're asking, is Milo going to make an appearance? He's going to keep the magic in his pants this year. Like, what? And try to make a bad joke. Like, what? Epiphany, you just said you shut down all the fun, and then you come back with some terrible little bit? Get out of here. You didn't even – what are you doing? What are you doing? Like, and the fact that, like, like how does this – Sandra doesn't even know, like, Milo. Like, what does she care about that, that Milo is here? Now who cares? I cannot stand you. I can't – and then there was a moment – there was the moment at, at the uh, – during the red carpet where they talked about uh, where Willow divulged to Michael that she'd been fired from PC Elementary. Oh. After they had that horrible meeting about gays, I'm like, oh, really? This is all the attention we're going to give to that? Okay, whatever. That was awkward. Uh, so, folks, uh, you know, we're going to continue on with my, my, my in-depth critical thoughts here about the nurses' ball. But as always, folks, uh, thanks for making us the, uh, the ESPN TV talk. But as always, we need your help. So if you're watching us on YouTube, give a like and subscribe. If you're listening to iTunes, give us a five-star rating when you can. But wherever you're watching, make sure you get involved in the conversation and leave a comment there. I know Sam... Uh, 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 Sandra, why was I calling you Sandra? I, was I, you? I don't know. No. <laughs> Maybe I should change my name. That's Cheers. Right. <laughs>
But we love reading your love hearing your comments here in the chat. There, are, especially we got like Annie Gowen, Kelly from PEI. So many people hop in the chat. Uh, Michael B. He's in there as well. Oh yeah, we got we got Amber's Baby One Hundred. We got Tam Smith, Marlon Wallace, Kelly Public Cover, Michelle Robel, Rena Sheen, Aisha. Baby, I'm not even gonna try to pronounce your last name because I can't see it that well. But Aisha's in the house. Um, uh, 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 who else is there? I said, uh, Daisy. Oh, Daisy Flowers here. Hey, Daisy. Oh, look at that. Um, I said, Tam. I said, Marlon. I said, Dulamon. And everybody else that I mentioned before that, Stuart Pierce and all those people. So I mentioned them before that. But they can't, they read, they up in here read me. So, Kelly, I said that Sonny mentioned that the, um, Nurses Ball was for AIDS. I said that he said that. I just said that normally is a little more conversation other than Sonny saying that, you know. That's all I'm saying. Look but, at this. Oh. Look how heated Carla gets. I love it. I'm not heated. I just, you know, <laughs> look. I I appreciate y'all when y'all call a sister out because, you know, I'm not right about everything and some things I forget and some facts I get a little misconstrued. So, you know, thank you. But, you know, if I know I'm definitively right, I'm going to speak up and say something about it. So there's that. See, look at this, folks. That's why we can't do this show without you. That's why we want your feedback here. So continue to uh, enjoy our shows there, folks. Because yeah. we're going to keep making them if you keep watching them. Hey. Let's, so, let's, all right. George Pinocchio, real quick. Okay. The fact that he's talking to Jax, or like, you bring in George Pinocchio. What, we all know he comes from L.A. Right. Uh, and, and he's talking about, are we going to be seeing you stick around here longer? Like, you're in here. You're, first, you're, you're in outside. New York, A. Yeah. Why, who from L.A. is saying, like, you know what, George? you got to go to Port Charles <laughs> and cover this super hot nurse's ball. Nobody's I, giving George that assignment. I hate you so much. Nobody man. is. That's ridiculous. What a ridiculous waste of his time. I hate you so much right now. And the fact that it is that he's outside the hotel. He's okay. outside. But wait, how about they possibly had established George Pinocchio as a New York reporter for ABC and not an L.A. reporter for ABC? And maybe we're like that because we see him every day here in L.A. on ABC? I don't know. I'm no, stretching. He looked like a guy from TMZ that kind of like <laughs> crashing the event. He's hanging outside the venue trying to get some hot dish. <laughs> I can't stand you. Wait, wait, wait. What about the moment where Nina and Jax met? It was like, love is a mini splendid thing moment. I'm like, oh, it's making my face hurt. I'm laughing so hard. What happened with it? It's like they took (laughs) Nina and like bumped her up to 200. It was that immediate infatuation with Jax. It was so weird. It was the oddest thing ever. And I'm like, and now we know Michelle's not going to be there. So I'm wondering how that's all going to play out. And then not for nothing, but Jax is just flirting with everybody. He looking at Carly kind of crazy. I'm like, so what's going to happen? And then somebody asked him, so how long are you going to be here, Jax? He said, indefinitely. I'm like, so what what shenanigans do you have planned, Jasper Jax? I just need to know. And it is one thing for Nina to go up to make out with Valentine right there on the red carpet to like, not like 10 minutes later, all sudden be like overclimped uh, about uh, Jax showing up. Like, right, af- at, right after she was all sucking face with Valentine. I'm like, girl, I'm going to need you to get your life. She is doing way too much. But before we run out of time, I want to talk about the, the whole fake ring situation. Okay. <clears throat> and and the situation with the, with the proposal and all that. It is mind-boggling to me that nobody has figured out that Michael, Michael, that Mike has stolen this ring. Like, why is Sonny looking at the ring going, I don't know where he got that ring from. Well, I feel like Sonny knows it's, <laughs> like, he knows it's not Mike's, but he has no idea 
which makes sense. Like, if it doesn't belong to somebody else in the nursing home, mm-hmm. like, or the, uh, the the center that they're at, uh, the, the living care facility, who else, where else could come from? Child, I'm going to need the missing caper to wrap it up, because they're doing way too much with this missing ring. If I hear Finn go to Robert one more time tomorrow, give me my ring, I'm going to punch somebody in their throat. I've had enough of that. And did it seem weird to you <laughs> that Anna is, because I feel like Anna, like, for some reason, always picks up, like, the wrong thing about whatever kind of uh, little story bit that she gets. So she's thinking all this stuff is that means that Robert is planning to propose to her. I'm like, because where are you because, getting that? Because she walked into that conversation with him holding the ring. Like, I would have come to that conclusion, too. Where he's in the bar with Felicia. Was it the Metro Court? Yeah, Metro Court. So he's he's in the Metro Court with Felicia and Mac, and he's standing there with this ring, talking about the ring. He's not saying it's somebody else's ring. Like he's talk. If I had walked in on that conversation, I would have thought what she thought too. Yeah, yeah right. I would have thought what All she right. thought too. Just because, just because Robert has had shenanigans, he's been trying to break them up and split them up ever since he got to town. So it would make perfect sense to me to see him with a ring, thinking, "Oh, this is going to be his way of trying to keep me for himself." And she's like, "I'm over it. We're done." Because she starts talking, uh, and Mac and Felicia say, "Well, we never heard you speak like this about how she doesn't want to get married." Is she saying that? Because she talks about that even after Robert has left the scene. Do you think she was saying that more just to you know push Robert off from doing this, or does she really feel like this so that when Finn does propose? It's going to be met with the same reaction. I don't think she's going to do that to Finn. I don't think she's going to do that to Finn. Or maybe, maybe she is going to do that to Finn. Maybe that's maybe that's Robert's sick little twisted way of trying to protect Finn. I don't know. Uh, I mean, we know that uh, Hayden is coming back. Uh, do you want Anna and Finn to break up and then go back with Hayden? I don't have any feeling about that one way or the other. I wasn't in, I wasn't that invested in either one of the relationships. So, all right, you know. Mm, there you go. I, mean, I mean, Anna and Finn were growing on me because remember when they first hooked up, I was like, yeah. it's like watching dry paint. I can't. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we get a little bit, uh, as we're wrapping up here, Shiloh, Donna Day stuff. Oh. Sam setting up her big storyline where she's inviting Shiloh to go with her to the nurse's ball. And in the meantime, Spinelli and Jason are going to bug the Donna Day house and then record her going through the induction ceremony that to the trust. That is never going to happen. I, that is Jason like, is going to whoop his ass. <laughs> I, that is have, not happening. I'm going to get myself drugged and let a man have sex with me. No. Record it, guys, so I can catch him. Like, no. what is happening? No. Oh. And then Molly going, I'm going to write an article. And then Sam saying, but you're not a journalist. Yeah. <laughs> didn't <laughs> stop Lulu Spencer. Didn't that's stop her. Or Lulu didn't Falconeri. Stop Lulu, didn't stop Lulu Falconeri. I'm like, well, it should have. But anyway, that's a whole other conversation. Uh, I did like Sonny and Shiloh meeting there at the Donner Day. Uh, or at the uh, nurse's ball. And it's like, I put family before everything else. Uh, and anybody else that gets in the way, gives him like his, his weird mob thing. And I felt like you look at Shiloh's face and it, the, the smile just kind of like. Curls up. Yeah, it goes down a little bit like, uh-oh. Whoops. Maybe I might be going a little too far. He is just shenanigans. And then I love how I love how Sonny reads him by, by, by looking down. Like he's not giving him direct eye contact, but just letting him have it all at the same time. Just, <laughs> just, I love the nurse's ball. It is shenanigans at the nurse's ball. I love it. Uh, so, folks, as we're getting ready to wrap up, we'll do a little bit of news and gossip. Yay! Yeah, why not? What do we have here? After so, we've got, uh, speaking of Shiloh, Kobe, Kobe Ryan McLaughlin, who plays our, uh, our fan favorite Shiloh. Mm-hmm. Is he fan favorite? Yeah, who knows? <laughs> but he's been uh, teasing that there could be a possible redemption bit for Shiloh. Ooh, Do you let's... see this as a character that could be redeemed? Would you be interested in seeing this character be redeemed? No. I like him much, I'm, I like him much better as his dastardly self. Hmm. Because I, I feel like there are some characters that you 
do like, and even if they come on as a bad guy, you want them to stick around and and explore what happens after the initial story arc that brings them on happens. And then there are characters that come on, and you're like, nope, I just want to see the story, and then you can leave, and I'm good with that. I'm kind of feeling like that. Like, I'm kind of feeling like every time I look at him, I'm going to be thinking about the whole Dawn of Day shenanigans, and yeah, yeah. He's a fabulous actor, but yeah, no. Yeah, it's like, do you want like a, a cult leader and then a former cult leader just hanging around? Uh, I don't know here. Uh, <laughs> uh, but it looks like over the next two weeks, uh, sometime, uh, Lucas is going to find out what the deal is about Brad and the secret that he's been keeping. Well, he needs to because that's been going on a little longer than I would have liked to. You know, like, let's hit that. Let's hit that already. Yeah, like, I'll be curious to see who spills it first. Is it Brad? Is it uh, ne- uh We've got, uh, what's her name, Nell coming back. Does she spoil the beans? Is it uh, Obrick? Does she kind of spill it? I think it's going to be Nell. I would love for it to be Nell, just because it's Nell. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, Obrick sp- spilling the beans? Eh, who cares? Because we've already been, you, we've already known she's been walking around with shenanigans for months. But if Nell comes back, folk are not going to see that coming. Yeah. Uh, I will say, as much as I, the Dawn of Day storyline, it drives me crazy. The one thing I at least like it does for Brad's character is it calms him, so you don't see him being such a, a spastic when anytime somebody comes in that could possibly blow the secret, mm-hmm. where he's like, huh, what? what's happening? I don't understand. It's been nice not to have that version of Brad around for a little bit. Oh, my God, because that was wearing me out. I couldn't take it. Yeah, uh, Folks, my gosh, time flies. When we're breaking down the nurse's ball, and I've only scratched the surface. I know, right? Oh, I mean, and next week it's going to be oh, like just deeply immersed in the nurse's ball. I'm going to have so much to say. Uh, holy cow. Uh, folks, that's going to do it for this episode of the GH Report. <laughs> uh, it's going to be a long seven days before we can join together again. Hercules, Hercules, I can't wait for the nurse's ah! ball. It's my favorite. It's going to drive me crazy. <laughs> but, folks, thanks for joining us here on the GH Report. As always, like us on Facebook. Give us those five stars on iTunes. Subscribe to the YouTube channel. And thank you, everybody, for hopping in the chat. If you want to stay in touch with either Carla or myself after the show's over, Carla, where can they find you? You can find me across all social media platforms at The Curvy Critic. You can also find me right before the GH Report over at Black Hollywood Live with The Curvy Critic. I'm sorry, on The Curvy Critic with Carla Renata. I got some really good interviews. I got Olivia Wilde. I got Ron Howard coming up for Pavarotti. Y'all really don't want to miss it. But yeah, you can find me across all social media platforms at The Curvy Critic. What about the interview you did with me? Is that going to be on there? Yeah, anyway. Uh, okay, there you go. Uh, folks, follow me on the Twittergrams there at Happy Go Jackie. Folks, we'll see you back here next Sunday. Even though it's Memorial Day weekend, I mean, it's the nurse's ball. We got to come back and talk yeah, about all this stuff. Yeah, we got to. So we'll be back here next Sunday right here on AfterBuzz TV. Deuces. Our founder, Kevin Undergaro, and me, Maria Menunos, would like to thank you for tuning in to AfterBuzz TV. Remember, we're not just the first, we're the biggest in the world, and we're the only destination for all your favorite TV shows. Whatever you crave, we've got it. So go to AfterBuzzTV.com and check out our lineup. Buzz you later. <laughs> the views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals. 